0: Hey, welcome back to The Eric and Tony Show. This is episode 19. Uh, we have a very special guest on today with us, Mr. Tom Rhodes. All right, I'm in the f- top <laughs> 20 episodes. Yeah, baby, not even like <laughs> you yeah. have to go two, two tens Years in. from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we to, right away, trying to get you in. I'm going to work up to actually being able to know how to talk to a guest, so that's why you're uh, 19 and not number one. Um, but I was excited to have you on this because I met you years ago, and you've always been a really cool guy and like you are like you're like a legend you're like a living legend that like and he, oh you know tom rhodes and like every, and then on <laughs> top of you have a fascinating story because like uh you were the first guy to sign with comedy central you're an international comic i mean i wanted to kind of go over some of your bio but i don't want to be sticked too much to the parameters of like questions and stuff that i have for you and stuff and just have a, like a regular chat with you but before we turn the cameras on and stuff, we're talking about Waukesha, Wisconsin, where Eric and I are from. The cameras aren't on? They're on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the whole time. We turned the cameras on. Well, before we did, we, yeah, we were talking about, yeah. Just turn <laughs> them on. Mark of the honor. <laughs>
1: All right, cut it. Re- redo. This is episode 20 now. Um, yeah, man, when I, f- I, started as a comedian uh, when I was 17. Yeah. You uh, had a fake February ID. February 4th, 1984. Okay. So next year will be 40 years I've been a comedian. I started, I knew I wanted to be a comedian since I was 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a fake ID. <clears throat> That's fucking In crazy. Florida, back in the 80s, when you got your driver's license, they give you a pink slip in case mm-hmm. you lost your license. And you would bring it into the DMV. <laughs> and um, my brother helped me. I memorized... His social security number, all of okay. his information, and I went in with his pink slip, and I got my photo taken on his ID. So it was like No oh, shit, it wasn't like was, a doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. fake so, ID. This was was good as government gold. issued fake. So uh, <laughs> my comedy career started as a criminal act. That's a, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's pretty dope. <laughs> so wait, did you just so then when I I started, so you know, I was still I was a junior in high school, and then when I was a senior. Um, I started you know, doing one nighters around Florida yeah. and then graduated high school. I started to like 18, 19 going on the road. I think right out of high school, I was still doing a lot of the Southern circuit stuff, but I think around the time I was 19 and 20, well, cause the guys in Orlando, they had a connection to this club in Milwaukee. So there was a club in Milwaukee that I did, but there was a fantastic comedy club. Yeah, and it was always packed, and it was in Waukesha. And I don't, know, I forget the name. It was like a yeah. simple name, like a comedy corner yeah. type mm-hmm. thing, like that. Um, so w- w- when I when I was like nineteen, twenty, Waukesha, Wisconsin was was pretty good to me. That's yeah, that's so so why yeah. you know was lonely and on the road and, yeah. um, corn fed Wisconsinites. Uh, a few nice, kind yeah. uh, people held me through the night, <laughs> so I have. Nothing but good things to say about Waukesha. Yeah. How did you know,
2: like, at such a young age that that's what you wanted to do? Like, that's like, I mean, it's, I still don't know what the hell I want to do. I don't know, you know, Like, like that's hard for most people to figure out, especially <clears throat> at such an early age. Was there somebody that you saw that influenced yeah, my you? My father
1: loved stand up comedy. Uh, Richard Pryor was his favorite. My family is originally from Washington, D.C. Okay. So before cars had seat belts, when I was a kid, I remember driving around D.C. with my dad standing yeah. next to him with my arm around his shoulders and him listening to prior cassettes or who knows, maybe they were eight tracks. Um, And my dad laughing. I remember feeling his shoulders, you know, rumble when he would laugh. And everyone in my family, cousins, aunts, uncles, all had favorite stand-up comedians. It was always something that was revered and talked about. And my uncle did open mic night comedy in Washington, D.C. for one year, 1978. Um, I was 11 years old, Uncle Bob, I was 11 years old. My dad took me to see him and, uh, the show was in progress and the stage was next to the entrance Mm -hmm. and I was wearing a Washington Redskins jacket and the comedian on stage when we walked in, pulled me on stage and he interviewed me like I was the coach of the Redskins. (laughs) And I was just like 11, just gave bashful, you know, one word answers, you Mm -hmm. know, yes, no. Yeah. But I'll never forget all those people laughing, standing yeah. on that stage, changed my life forever. That hooks in yeah, heart. and all the their heads thrown back in laughter, and all the teeth in their mouth. And I know I've romanticized the story through the years in my own imagination. But Washington D.C. is a very international city. Yeah. So I remember, you know, black people, Asian people, Latino people. Yeah. I remember it just seemed to me that. When you were on stage doing stand-up comedy you were speaking to the world yeah Mm -hmm. you know so um i was in never wanted never even considered doing anything else man that's from that moment on and i became a student of comedy you know we watched johnny carson and you know all the the talk shows when they had comedians on i'd circle the tv guide oh yeah i'd be in front of the tv when a comedian was on and then HBO specials, I remember me and my dad would talk about them and, you know, kind of analyze them, what we liked, what we didn't like, Yeah, and um, we've just have been a fiend for stand-up comedy. Did for you always. ever feel
2: like you had to conform to a certain, because like different <clears throat> eras have different kind of styles of comedy, like from like the 70s, 80s, 90s, now, you know, they all kind of are a little bit tailored different you know as far as like the the delivery and like the cadences and like yeah. comics wearing like jackets and stuff and the tie like well, the kind of talk show 80s, it stuff
1: was, i mean the, the 80s was a, a time period unto itself yeah and it was certainly a white male dominated um genre back mm-hmm. then and there was a lot of dudes with the, the jackets rolled up and the yeah. bolo tie yeah. and you know um um, I'm sure there's a couple of pictures of me. To with <laughs> I'm sure we can find some. So, um, <laughs> cut to Tom's cars at but, the Tom's uh, car. But it there. was, you know, it was, uh, um, you know, it's, th- th- you know, th- th- things were more. I like it now. Yeah. Better because there's more diversity. There's more, um, you know, there's, I, I mean, that's why I got into comedy in the first place. I mean, I always it's think there's fan, a universal. Yeah love element to it i mean not you know i know some comedians who are just you know um very selfish ice cold cocksuckers yeah yeah who don't see it this way but um it's what i love about comedy that you've i'm friends with every flavor of humanity Mm -hmm. every color every sexual orientation every kind of human yeah and i love these people and it's kind of we're in the same tribe, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, unfortunately, not everyone looks at it like that. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I have more in common with, you know, um, uh, a, a black lesbian who does stand-up comedy than like a lot of people I grew up with. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. She's been through the uh, the, the the trial same. and error of being yeah. a comedian. It's it's a hard business to get a, and it' I wouldn't say things change through the decades, but. Um, you change. Yeah. And that's the change that happens. It's your own decades that you mm-hmm. want to go by. Um, and it's, I think evolving as a human being has a lot to do with evolving as a comedian. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, they don't last for many years. Maybe they've, maybe they've said what they had to say or, mm-hmm. you know, they stopped growing. Yeah. And, yeah. Or stop being able to emote mm-hmm. and express themselves. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think we're like, you know, we're wizards of great power. Yeah. We're, yeah when for sure. you do the apprenticeship of the first 10 years is failure and humiliation over and over. Yeah. No money. Yeah. Sometimes it's even longer than that. When you get through that period and then you, one day, you get confident and doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. You know, That's the beauty,
0: though, because yeah. you just keep getting like new. I mean, life is just a series of traumas that keep happening and stuff like, that, like a never any way. It's like a beach, right? So it just keeps crashing and stuff and it's just yep. like unfortunately the beach you can't leave it. So you're just kinda stuck <laughs> in that shit. But if you just can kinda keep starting to weave that into something, you know, comedic like they say, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy and stuff and if you're not like just like the oh woe is me type of person and you actually see the the fucking like the silver lining in those type of tragedies and stuff we talked about this the other day at the show there's just like some stuff There's like it's raw but it's funny and that's fucking like what i want to work on and it's just like and i know you'll kind of get it there and stuff but that's the best way i think and i think that's that kind of brothers in arms thing we have as comics where like those that's how you get through stuff. And then you relate that to like this sea of people that are all different, you know, colors and creeds and they have some kind of similar tie to that. And that's like what I think is the coolest thing about standup. Whereas like we might not have the exact same experience, but you experience something like that. And and I I, I,
1: I, I know exactly what you're saying. Cause like, I'll feel like, Oh, I I respect what they've done with their pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh Lori Kilmartin yeah. or uh, she's hilarious. When her father died, she did jokes about it. When her mother died of COVID, yeah. she did, like hilarious bits about it. Yeah. For me, I've always found that it's the hardest to do stand-up comedy when your heart is broken. Yeah. Like my father was killed by a drunk driver. I didn't see too much funny about that, you know? Yeah. So like so I can really respect yeah, yeah. Lori Kilmartin for like knocking out these jokes yeah, about yeah. her grief, you know? Yeah. Then my little sister died. And, yeah. like, man, um, shit's hard. So, yeah. like, when, if someone can really take their grief and yeah. make something funny out of it that people can relate to, because, you know, everybody experiences grief. And yeah, trauma. you got to,
0: yeah. That's the interesting thing, too, because, like, you know, losing, like, a par- well, grandparents are usually the first ones to go. Then you get in that phase of life where now you're losing parents and stuff. And, you know, sometimes you have just some kind of, you know, out of the blue tragedy and shit. Then you start losing siblings and stuff. It's just like the, you know, you're all in line on the plane about ready to jump out. And you're like, ah, fuck, I'm, I'm at this point now where I'm now losing parents and stuff. Cause, like, I lost my dad last year, too. And I joke about that on stage. But that's just, I've always talked about my dad on stage and shit like that. And it was like, and then the way that he died was very much how Don Klein would have gone. You know what I mean? So that's like it makes it a little easier than something is tragic out of left field, like your dad getting killed by a drunk driver. But that's uh,
2: I think that yeah. transparency that comics it kind of expose themselves of is like the the best thing uh, out of like any of the arts. They're just like completely transparent. And I always find I'm not a comic, but being around a lot of comics and a lot of Tony's friends and stuff, you, they're just always the best people to talk to in a room. Like they're just easiest to talk to. They'll give you a different perspective on not the normal way that the majority of people think that it's 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 rare to get that transparency and that that perspective that most people won't vocalize. And they're just like, yeah, this like this is goofy. This is this like and, and it's like, oh, like, OK, you're not like bullshitting me. You're just like telling me like truth. Like I feel like they're the most truthful people, you know can have an actual conversation with somebody that is a comic other than like opposed to like someone that that i don't know works in an office or something i don't know there's like something that like it's, is, held, <laughs> is held back yeah or like yeah. you know people hold back i think a lot and i feel my interaction with comics is that it's the opposite it's like this is me like here we go you know and it's like that's 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 good that's, that's the best part about meeting people hanging out
1: there's a lot of them like that. Some of them are full of shit and hard. To- <laughs>
0: <laughs> some of them are over the top with like the, the actor improv type people are just like, they're always on. It's just like, you don't got to try to bend everything into some kind of half-assed joke. Yeah. Just have a conversation like a person. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like my complaint. Now, so you obviously, in high school, you're already like, I'm going to be a comic. I'm fucking going towards this I started being a
1: comedian. The only, I bagged groceries in a grocery store when I was 16. That's okay. the only other job I've ever had.
0: I also worked at a grocery store in high school. Cans <laughs> yeah. on the bottom, bread on the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is funny because, like, you know, that's like to
1: an the grocery store. And they look, but like, 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 California is different, but different parts of the country, and they'll put like two things in a plastic bag. Yeah, it was, like, yeah. It was an art, dude. To-
0: yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> just like the that is like the crashy old man thing that I have, you know, because like I'm 40, I'm a dad, I'm from the Midwest, and you just see the lack of shit given by everybody at every like service industry jobs here i'm just like even the point where, like, when I was a kid, you'd have to, like, make small talk with people as yeah. you're bagging groceries. Like, hey, you gotta make some chili with this? Or whatever the yeah. fuck <laughs> you're doing and stuff like yeah. that. Now it's just, like, the bagger, if there even is one, is talking to the cashier, and you're not even there. And if I ask yeah. a question, it's like, Ugh. Like, they're inconveniencing people. I'm just like, I was at the fucking... At Costco <laughs> with my kid the other day, and I was asking for something, and it was just, like, the death stare I got. I'm like, lady, this is your fucking job. Like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. fill out the application. It's
1: funny, in, in, like, in, in, in L.A., a lot of the, the, the bagging people... Um, are like elderly seniors? Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. I'm always like, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, yeah. hey here, I'll, yeah. let me do that. I, got, I, yeah, like, yeah. I always I, feel yeah. bad. Yeah. Take a break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got, I know how to bag.
0: Well, like, and I don't know if it was the same thing for you working in a grocery store, but when I was a kid, it was like, it was kids in high school, like myself, yeah, and then there was, it was like. Women that was either like they're just a part-time job. There's like their husband had a full-time job and it was like a housewife that just worked part-time at the grocery store yeah. And then every once in a while there'd be like a full-time employee and then every once in a while There's some dude that worked there through high school and shit and all my buddies that had like you know That played football and stuff and I was like I skateboarded and I worked at a grocery store I didn't like play sports and stuff. I was always my dad always had me having jobs since I was a kid so My buddies like, oh, you're gonna be old man Klein and be working at the grocery be a lifer. I'm like, I'm not gonna be a fucking lifer. I'm not gonna be working there and stuff like that. But there would be guys like that that worked there. And I was always scared I'd be stuck in that. And then you move out to California. And there is everybody that works there is like my age now. Like I've aged with all the grocery employees that have worked (laughs) here, even like the, the Sunset Ralphs, Rock and Roll Ralphs. There's like still some like. Smoking hot shit that's worked there since I moved here. And like now that I'm moving back to Hollywood, I'm single, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna see what Maria's up to, you know. <laughs> we'll follow that lead. But that's just it's just weird that some people just kind of pocket in there. They have good benefits. I don't know what it is, but they're just like back where you know where I'm from, it was just a temporary jumping off point if you're going to college or high school, or you're a housewife that has a part-time job. That was the only people you ever saw working at a grocery store. I don't know where we're going with that. <laughs> That's my grocery yeah. store. Oh man, you know, my grocery <laughs> yeah. store, store. But you worked there while you're getting into in stand-up, and so that was the last the job you ever had.
1: On the top, because you know they put they teach you to put the good stuff in the back, or you know, yeah. under the bottom. This kid was just heavy.
2: fucking stealing shit from the grocery I store. Yeah, I you stole a lot of shit time. from the grocery store. We used to
0: go if there's a mop cleanup and stuff like that. So that like mop clean up, and me and my other buddy would race to you know in the liquor store. So the liquor store was separate from the actual grocery store because it's like kind of a, they didn't sell past nine, they didn't sell on Sunday. So it was very like, you know, just kind of compartmentalized with booze in Wisconsin. You probably didn't know that doing all those clubs in Waukesha.
1: All right, I, I don't yeah. want to stick on this grocery yeah. store topic too much. But yeah. on, <laughs> on, on the first day, I worked at this grocery store in Oviedo. Called Meat World, the mm. finest meat you'll ever that's eat. Hilarious. Meat World, that's the like finest great. meat you'll ever eat. That was hilarious. <slogan, laughs> finest meat you'll ever eat, and it was like an old mom and pop owned place. But this this son, I think he did a little cook. Um, he uh, he was like the manager, and so at the end of my shift, he tells me at the end of the night, um, all the salad dressings need to be shaken up, so they'll stay okay. fresh. Okay. And so like with the enthusiasm yeah. of a brand new employee <laughs> on his first job ever, I'm, yeah. I'm like shaking up all these. And then after like 10 minutes, I look down and then the, he's got all the employees uh, laughing at the new guy. Yeah. It's hilarious. So. Uh, <laughs> I would have fell for it too. I'm like, oh, I
0: gotta shake the shit out of these. This is a new job.
1: <laughs> anyway.
0: But, but that's like the, also again too, that like era of work ethic where like you wouldn't get anyone to do that shit now. I'm like, nah, I ain't shaking that shit. It's not in the job description. It doesn't say shake, shake you know, salad yeah. dressings and stuff. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I'm worried about my kid in the future. Because are too smart and too lazy now. They just know everything. I'm just trying to be Instagram influencers. They got their
2: shit. phone to be like, no, nah, yeah. that, that that's not right.
0: I did work in the produce department when I was a kid, and I did have like one of the guys from like the meat department that was like, the, the guys that kind of worked there forever, like that did a price check on dingleberries. And I was like, I know what the fuck a dingleberry. I'm not going like, to go look for dingleberry <laughs> prices and show that. like... That's kind of the funny thing. There's always someone trying to fuck with the young kids working at jobs. I kind of miss that. But so how long were you in uh, Florida
2: before you moved like out to California? Was it like kind of like Oh man, I moving around the country uh, a little I moved bit. in New York
1: City when I was 20. So we moved to Florida when I was 12, so I was there like 8 years. <clears throat> but okay. I um lived in New York for a year. Wasn't ready to be a wasn't good enough as a comedian yet. Hmm. <laughs> Moved back to Florida for a year, licked my wounds for a year, and then I moved to San Francisco when I was 22, <laughs> and lived there for seven years. And that's where I got good as a comedian. And again, the diversity, international yeah. audience, um, that really inspired me to yeah. to write better, more. In, you know, then the, there was great comedians there at the time, in the 90s, brilliant time.
0: Who was coming up with you at the time in the 90s, in San, San Francisco? Francisco
1: Mark Marin, Patton okay. Oswalt. Um, Greg Proops, Margaret Cho, there was um, so many killer comedians. Yeah. and we're all like young comedians yeah and hanging out all the time. It's a beautiful and city too yeah. yeah. So um, and then I uh, when I, I started doing stuff for Comedy Central and then I um, got a development deal with NBC to make a sitcom. I moved to LA for two years to do that. Yeah, it was only on for one Mr. season, Rose and there. then I, um, because I lived in New York, so broke like a dog. I always swore if I ever had any money, I'd live there with style. So I moved back to New York City, got a rock star apartment, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, in the Wall Street area, and uh, and then I a good friend of mine, Rich Hall, was living in London, and he thought I would do good over there. So, okay. um, so was that your first time going overseas for comedy? London? Yeah
0: okay
1: yeah i mean i um yeah i i that was that was it so i and he he really helped me get in with london okay told me you don't go to the best clubs first you go to the peripheral rooms first and get your sea legs find out what works mm. then you go to the best clubs yeah. when you're killing okay. How
2: how is that transition going from america to the uk
1: and like the, the
2: jokes like oh, transfer different. florida's
1: different than new york right you right know? chicago's different than san francisco it's different everything like going through san francisco new york
0: where there's more of a melting pot it kind of gives you a better critique <clears throat> at the u.s than like you would just being in like a smaller market like a midwest or florida where like you don't want to talk too much shit on like the your critique of the u.s in like those areas right where they're, like, very pro-U.S., but then you're, like, on, like, the, you know, the crust of the country, like, you know, San Francisco or New York, where we can kind of poke more fun, or or L.A., where there's, like, we're more aware of our, like, you know, shittiness as a country, and then you go to, like, London, and then you kind of make fun of, like, the U.S. versus London. You know what I mean? Or England. That, like, was... That kind of made it easier for you to transition into going, like, overseas?
1: Well, I mean, I think they just, like, kind of... They like a little intelligence in their humor. I don't think it's so much critiquing America well, or self-awareness. Anything. I mean, it's easy. Those kind of jokes, um, are always helpful. Yeah. You know, especially when most people think Americans back then, Well I started going over there, in 98, 99, um, most Americans weren't, you know, what, 23% had passports and really? a lot of the people that traveled, in the late '90s, no shit. Wasn't that the I don't, don't remember, but it was like <laughs> yeah, something, like that. something minuscule. Yeah, yeah. and um, <clears throat> so you know, I think they appreciated any American with some intelligence and, yeah. you know, um, kind of world citizen mentality. Okay.
0: When, so then you also, how after how soon after you going to London
1: for the first time did you end up moving to, to the Netherlands? Uh, so when I got in with London, then I started playing there, getting booked there, uh, like every six months or so, or maybe it was more than that. Like the, the work opened up really quick for me in London and then I was getting offered these other gigs around England. So I was, I did that for about a year and then I started getting offered, um, gigs around Europe. Like, uh. Like now, a lot of comedians can hook up these international gigs, but back then, for me, London was the key. It was yeah. like the USDA yeah. uh, grade mm-hmm. quality meat certified stamp yeah. um, on the, on the beef. So um, then I started doing gigs around Europe and Amsterdam. Okay, but you moved to to like Amsterdam. I did.
0: How was that living in the Netherlands?
1: I, I like San Francisco and Amsterdam are like the only two places I've ever been where the first time I went there, I, I said to myself, "I want to live here." Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: I don't know, man. I just like the Netherlands. The, the name alone kind of gets me
1: depressed because it just seems like the Netherlands. Like yeah. you wouldn't want to live there, and it's so far away, and there's another fucking language you speak. Like- but that's the genius of the Dutch. They've reclaimed uh-huh. this land that yeah. was all like wet marshland. Yeah. They were really genius engineers of building. It's I've only ever been to Amsterdam. Canals and, yeah, you know, it's beautiful, and that's
0: funny because like the old architecture there is amazing, and even the new stuff. And like a lot of the locals don't like the new shit. Like what's that glass boat thing they have there in Amsterdam? Like. I like that kind of shit. It's it's cool, it's innovative and stuff, but I really like the older, you know, proper style stuff when they had the little pulleys out front of the house when they fucking like they still use this. Yeah, they do. That's yeah. how they get the fucking couches up there Cuz the
1: staircases are it's too narrow. thin. Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah, get furniture yeah, and pull stuff the up there. The whole window out. So all those old yeah. Dutch houses they've got the little pulley thing. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh the I lived in three different places in Amsterdam. The last place that I lived um was built in 1629 that's That's crazy so it's before columbus yeah had ever set eyes on north america yeah i could just like feel the wood beams in this place like like america was still that's insane. north america was still you know wild
0: the amount of generations that lived in that house before you came in there too is just crazy like and then also too the fact that it's stood up that long like I don't know, I just think that, you know, my parents live in a Victorian home in Waukesha. It's built like the 1890s or something like that, and, like, it's a properly built house. Like, the the house is—my dad is a contractor, and the shit he built— Super nice but it was nothing compared to like the late homes, let alone the 1600s you know like in europe and all those older homes and shit but
1: yeah the ornate oh, those yeah. victorian homes yeah, the are so great like just like it's super detailed woodwork all the laughing there plaster, were guys yeah. that did you know certain kind of woodwork
0: yeah it's fucking actually square true square corners and stuff like just it's fascinating so it was the selling point on the last place you lived like i had a brand new pulley so it was easier to move the furniture up and down and stuff like <laughs> I like to be a real estate agent in Amsterdam. like, oh, it's got great pulley. Look at the fucking yeah, the ratio of the system. system. It's a one finger pull. That's like the steering wheels in the old. Well, you're an old car guy too, all right? And we're jumping around a
1: lot here.
2: We're all over the fucking place. What's ADD. your favorite? What's your favorite car? What's your what's your what's your go to uh,
1: cruiser? Right now, I'm I'm pro Toyota. I um, think Toyotas are phenomenal, especially the gas mileage, but. When I was younger, I was a Cadillac man. Yeah. <clears throat> I've owned four different Cadillacs. Okay. And I used to, like, it was a, kind of the blues singer thing. I was really into the blues when I was younger. And then, like, Elvis, when he got famous, he bought his mom a Cadillac. Yeah. So, like, when I got my sitcom, I bought my mom a Cadillac. Nice. So, um, but then in the 90s, they're uh, called the Cadillac quality kind of. Yeah. yeah took like it was yeah. the old used ones that i <laughs> yeah. had were great yeah. yeah you know even though they got like eight miles to the gallon oh yeah. yeah um i would keep a honda in the trunk in case i broke down yeah, right. you yeah. Know, they, were, <laughs> they were like massive yeah um what
0: years did you have and what's
1: what um uh, first one i had was a 78 sedan deville okay it was triple white yeah had uh, white paint white roof yeah. and uh, white Subtle, leather seats at- <laughs> Yeah, uh, went on, went I went. Yeah, and then I had a '66 Eldorado convertible when I okay. got the sitcom, but that was like one of the.
0: Was that front wheel drive?
1: Well, uh, it was I don't remember, but it, I would never own a classic car after that. It was such a headache. It was such a was go, such, a, such <laughs> yeah. a lesson. Confirmed no, it I for did. you, this buddy. Is so Sorry. So much money, <laughs> and uh, yeah. But then I, um, when I, I moved back from, I. When I moved back from Amsterdam to Los Angeles for the second time, when I lived in Koreatown, um, around that time I started driving used BMWs. Okay. I have an old family friend that owns a garage here yeah. in LA, and uh, she got her mechanic to like he was getting a new car. Yeah. And he sold me this like BMW. What was it? Oh my god. <sighs> Yeah, it yeah. wasn't a seven series. It was like a five something. It was pimp. Yeah, what year? Uh, like a ninety one. Okay. Convertible? No, it had a, it had a, a
0: sunroof on it though. What was the one that you, the Cadillac that you had, the convertible that you had, like video of you running up and down Hollywood? Is, it, is that yeah. your Eldorado? That must
1: have been the black okay. Eldorado. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> that yeah, that's just a. That is the most iconic thing you can do in Hollywood, just driving a Cadillac down Hollywood Boulevard. And then in that time period too, because it just just looked different. Even when I moved out to California 20 years ago in 03, Hollywood Boulevard was just different back then. It's just not the same as it is now. And then you have like just the car culture has shifted so much because there used to just be a lot of like, Wisconsin, if you had money, you'd have a Honda. Ooh, you got a Honda. The family's doing well. Then you come out here, and everyone's Honda's now turned into, like, a BMW or a Mercedes. And then now it's just, like, Rolls-Royces, Bugattis, Maybox, and all that kind of shit. Just, like, this really crazy, you know, quarter of a million, half-million-dollar cars and stuff like that. And it's just a, it's just different. Like you When know, I was
1: younger, you know, I think I, think I wanted that, like... Uh like a little flashiness, not, you know, never, never, you know, never, I'd only owned used cars my whole life. But there's a flashiness. But there was like a, you know, a certain kind of um, cool factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I want to blend in, and now I'm mm-hmm. older. Yeah. I don't want to. I, I got. I want to blend in and yeah. um, drive in the slow lane. And you want your car to, ro- to work too. That's the other thing yeah. about like
0: the classic cars. And hit that on the fucking head, man. Like I, I got a nineteen sixty. <laughs> I, I, I got
1: a. I got a Camry hybrid. I get yeah. fifty two miles to the gallon <laughs> really? on yeah, the right. highway. Damn, I yeah, thought my Honda was it's doing got insane. Gotta, yeah, that's it's that so is insane. Yeah,
2: that's like. I mean, it's what such it a great car. F- costs like what to fill it up? Like Air sixty bucks or something. Yeah. yeah, like killer. Yeah, yeah. That's like, that's attractive now. Like the other yeah. too. It's like okay, my truck gets like nine miles. And I got lucky gallon. too. I got it during
1: the pandemic when everything was locked down in California and it went in the Toyota dealership. Everybody's wearing masks. There's like three customers in there. Yeah, it was like uh, it was a great time to buy because then I think they've had and they ran like, on chips or whatever. yeah, and then, I, yeah, like, and then yeah. Um, I think there's like a waiting list for their hybrids. Yeah. and stuff.
0: Yeah, Eric and I both have gas closers. I have like a, the 67 Cutlass. Came out the same year you were born. Beautiful yeah. car. Yeah. Jesus. But it's also eight miles to the gallon. It also is like a weird thing in life lessons because, like, you know, before my marriage failed, but God, you like, you know, how's marriage? I'm like, yeah, it's like this, like, nothing's ever disappointed me and cost me more money than my car. And I was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> i got to change that story. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but the fucking, the, you know, it's the same thing though because. It's a head turner, and it is like you're driving in a parade every time you drive that yeah. down the street and stuff. But I never bought it for the flashiness. I just like the aesthetics of classic cars. I like the simplicity. I had a motorcycle. Yeah, from- muscle cars are cool. Yeah, too, and know? it's just like it's a. It keeps you more involved in driving, right? So, like you know, even as much as like you know, you or I might like our new cars that are fuel efficient stuff, you can get distracted with the fuck dash displays and all this kind of shit, and you're like, you know, just doing too much stuff. That's why the and, and then like this generation of kids now. They're on their phone, so there's just a thousand bells and whistles that are distracting. But like back in the day, it was just a fucking gas gauge and you'd smell. Is it is it running lean? Is it running hot? You know, like if it's burning oil, you could just that was you're more in tune. It's kinda like a motorcycle. So it kept you more aware as a driver. Now I feel like I'm a worse driver with my fuel efficient car because I don't care about anything. It always starts up, it gets great gas mileage, the air conditioning is cool. I just gotta not fall asleep while I'm driving it. Before I was like, Oh, this thing to fucking start on fire on me again.
1: Yeah um always on the highway the car driving too slow in the fast lane is a tesla yeah really and you see their big like tv screen on yeah. They're like, why. why are you doing 55 yeah in the fast lane you, yeah so I, traffic I take it you're, you're right. never
2: going electric vehicle not,
1: no but i went to burning man and i was really happy when all those rich people tried to leave <laughs> and their teslas got <laughs> stuck, stuck in, in the, the mud, mud. Yeah. <laughs> like
2: how is that i've never been i've just only seen it on you know tv and pictures and of people doing all that I, 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 what the hell is that like
1: I, I i i think you should go to church and read the Bible.
2: <laughs> go, yeah, you need
1: to go. <laughs> it's too much for you. Is it? It's, it's just... No, it was cool. Uh There was a lot of um unique experiences, but the the weather conditions are brutal. Yeah. It was really hot. So it's just like dust storms. And then when it, it this big rainstorm came and turned everything into mud, and it was just like satanic mud that would clump up on your shoes. So if you tried to walk in it, you got yeah. like 40-pound... Shoes and
2: how many days were you there?
1: Even it was supposed to be for seven, but I was there for 10. You were there for <laughs> 10 fucking days? I was, yeah, one of the first Jesus to arrive, Christ, and one of the last man. to leave. I looked at the because all oh these guys, like Yeah, it was like COVID because they told everyone to shelter in place and that the gate was closed and that you can't be out walking around or even riding a bike in this mud. And all these people were like, <laughs> Oh, I heard it's a lie, and I read something online. <laughs> what? Somebody said, it's there, you can get out the gates open. And all these people were trying to get out the day after it rained and all their like hundreds of vehicles got stuck in the mud. That's hilarious. And they said, no emergency vehicles will come and get you. They'd like laid it out and all these people went for it anyway. <laughs> and I was on this outer road that led to the exit and this big pickup truck. Pulling a long, pulling a long heavy rig, and I showed him on my phone. I said, "Have you seen this photo on the news? Yeah. All these hundreds of vehicles stuck at the in the mud at the gate." I go, "Even if you can get through this mud, you're not getting through past yeah. this." And the guy, goes, I think I'm going to go for it anyway. And then he went, <laughs> and like I showed yeah. the guy the proof, <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I love my car. And uh, I wouldn't want to ruin it by, so I waited until the, you know, several days yeah. after it had rained and the mud dried up, before I would drive my car out of there. Yeah. And then the last, like normally they burn the man on the Saturday. This year they burned it on the Monday, and then they burned the temple on the Tuesday. So when they burn the man, it's a big party, and everybody's, yeah. you know having fun, but when they they burn the temple, because a lot of people put their pain in there. Okay. Um, Like, you you go in the temple and you see notes people have written about Hmm. everything. You know, divorce, domestic violence, you know, uh, every every horrible thing you could imagine that would cause people pain, so everyone's, like, completely silent when they burn the temple. But all these people had left when they had the chance to, once they opened up the gate, you know... um, and I looked at that Burn like Hendrix at Woodstock. Like everybody remembers Woodstock and it was this, you know, great love in yeah. for three or four days, but it rained. Yeah. And there was this nasty mud at Woodstock. Yeah. And Jimi Hendrix closed it. And there was only like whatever, how many whatever people went to Woodstock? 80,000, yeah. 90,000? There was probably only like twenty thousand left when yeah. Jimmy played. And he did a breakfast yeah. set. So I looked at that Temple Burn, like, yeah. uh, that's the hardcore <laughs> yeah, state yeah, yeah, of. Yeah. I'm watching Jimmy's set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for real.
2: So, what, what do you guys do the whole time? Like, you're there. I know it's like, isn't it like art pieces and like walk around and everybody kind of dresses, kind of like liberal Mad Max kind of kind of vibes, right? Yeah, like, and, it's,
1: like, and it's like a uh, it's system. ride. You ride a bike around. You got to have a bike, and you need a beach cruiser. A regular bike isn't gonna and,
2: cut And like you, there's and no there's like, are
1: these you know art installations, and then these yeah. art cars. Yeah, uh, and even without that, there's just the stars are magnificent there, and the, yeah. seeing the moon rise every day over this um, mountain.
2: I heard it's a lot of like. Um, um not like bargaining but like you do services
1: for other services like yeah there's no money yeah yeah so everybody How does that all work? gives things away and um it's like a uh, uh it's a temporary uh utopia of kindness
2: where so where do you like sleep did you get a do you guys bring tents or sleep in your car or like is there rvs or like all of that all of that okay
1: yeah i had a shift pod
2: oh those are sick Fudge. Fudge. i saw you did some uh yosemite stuff in your uh instagram yeah i'm fascinated with the mountains out here that's what kind of love really, yosemite oh yeah. man so much great nature in california Beautiful, right it's like that's avenue what do of the like. giants that's yeah. my big tip yeah it's uh do you ever get into any backpacking or do anything like that out here Mm, no, a little bit, but Ooh, I prefer
1: yeah. nature
0: you can drive up to.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: you can see all the yeah. same beautiful spots <laughs> on your car for sure.
0: Up by uh, Avenue of the Giants, up in like San Francisco area. Do you ever go to Kirby Cove? I've heard of that. Where's that? It's right across by Stinson the Stinson Beach, Sausalito area. Like, yeah. So you just, I don't know where that beach is, but <laughs> if you're looking back at San Francisco and you're in this fucking amazing, like, there's a lot of eucalyptus trees, so it smells great. Yeah. But like, it's, again, super non-skilled. You can almost drive up to the campsite, but it's yeah. very much in the nature, very much isolated and stuff. But it's an old one missile,
2: of our, missile silo.
0: There's also an old missile silo over there, too. Yeah. Yeah. But not like right where you're camping. You can kind of walk that kind of stuff. But it's just uh, one of our buddies is a park ranger and a firefighter had like his wedding reception there last year. And it was fucking like the most beautiful, like, you know, scenery I've seen. But then also at night, you're looking back over like San Francisco, one of your favorite cities at night and just fucking looks amazing and stuff. So just food for thought. Next time
1: you're up there at the Avenue of the
0: Giants. Okay. You know, yeah. Pop down. The cool. okay, Avenue
1: of the Giants is way up there. Yeah. Uh, But Kirby Cove, it's yeah. fits by Sausalito.
0: So wait, is it more like Muir Woods?
1: No, Muir oh. Woods is in Marin County. Okay. Um, all it's up. up there. I think it's like twenty-five miles from before you get to Eureka. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Runs so wow. right along the one hundred and one. You got to get off the one hundred and one and okay, drive the Avenue of Giants, <clears throat> and then a little further past Eureka and Arcata is Fern Canyon. Hmm. That's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, this is so much. I, I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface of like.
1: They filmed huge. one of the Jurassic Parks, oh, okay, in Fern Canyon. But it's yeah, that's
2: what it feels like when yeah, you're out there cool. in the woods like that. You feel like you're gonna see a dinosaur come out of the woods because everything's just so yeah. like giant, the trees and
0: everything. It's Super. Cool. We're Bigfoot too, man. The Pacific Northwest <laughs> too. I for, for real. There's like the it's. I would not be surprised. Not that I'm like just like some. I have like clay casks, things of like Bigfoot's feet. But I'm just like, why would that not happen? Like, you know how fucking dense those woods are, just and there's watching. no one's ever going back there. Yeah. Like you you big fan of the Pacific Northwest? Love the Pacific. Portland, yeah. yeah, I love the all
1: the the lushness. Love Portland, yeah. love Oregon. Uh I love all the west. You know, I just took this epic trip from um I I had some shows up in Montana, but I I, I went through Monument Valley. I took came in uh the southwest corner of Colorado and took mm-hmm. small roads. Uh, to Aspen. Saw this guy, country guy I love, Charlie Crockett, in concert yeah. two nights at the Belly Up, the small club in Aspen. Saw him third night in a row at the Rocky Mountain Folk Festival nice. in Lyons, Colorado. And then I spent a couple of days in Denver with yeah. Josh Blue. Okay. Great guy. Oh, yeah, Josh Blue. And um, <clears throat> we did sets at the Comedy Works in Denver. And then uh, I took my time going through Wyoming. I really love vintage clothes yeah. and thrift stores and stuff. And Colorado, Wyoming, Wyoming, Montana. That's yeah. uh, I think a lot of these places haven't been picked over. Hmm. Yeah, by you know uh, a lot of the you know industry of vintage clothes, and you can find <laughs> uh, nice vintage Western wear. Yeah. So and I I didn't know I was going to Burning Man when I started this trip. My big trip was to just enjoy the West and go up to Montana and take my time coming back. And um, I got invited to Burning Man by a friend of mine. And uh, I only had, like, Western cowboy clothes. That's hilarious. When I went there. He's got so. your whole wardrobe on your everybody trip. Had, yeah. everybody, everybody, a lot of people had know costumes and characters and cosplay stuff. So... Why can't I be a cowboy? Yeah, yeah fit right in. <laughs> Why not?
0: Baptizing your cowboy gear in the mud. I Let feel like sheriff. you'd
2: like have like the best like opportunity to do that. Like get an RV and like just travel all over the country, see all these awesome places, and then be able to make money on the road too. Like that's like everyone's dream, right? Like That'd have you done? Cool. Have I you mean, done that? Like you've got an RV and like no, done, done. I mean I've
1: just done it in cars. I like uh, cars, but I mean if you were doing like theaters and selling tickets and making money yeah tour bus would be awesome yeah Yeah. that'd be another way to do it for sure that'd be real cool Driver, yeah. comedians who like tour at that level that's pretty pimp yeah yeah luxury (laughs) yeah i had a brother where you have a driver where you're not (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly yeah (laughs) you do the gig but then that's the thing
0: though too where you have like the the you know the driving the car thing is like If you like driving the open road and you're more, again, attuned to the, you know, what you're driving through and stuff, as opposed to being on, like, the tour bus and you're just playing cards or drinking in the back and you're kind of missing a lot of the shit that's going past you and stuff, like... Um, you can always look out the window. I think it'd be pretty fun to have a driver, though. <laughs> I'm not saying it would be, be terrible. It's just gotta understand. There's like you know, there's those different parts and pockets of that kind of experience that I think you'd appreciate both ends. I know when I'm moving out here, driving a moving truck is the fucking worst way to tour the countryside, driving cross country because like coming through Denver and you're coming down the mountains and it's fucking raining and like oh, shit, your brakes start locking up. I'm like, is this thing fucking fails I'm not to jump out and like send all my belongings over the cliffside and stuff and I'll be starting to or probably just die but it's it's a very white knuckle way driving it's not fun
1: no i say when you I've moved a couple times like that yeah yeah. and when you're driving and then you hit like a big bump (laughs) and you hear like all the glass and stuff yeah yeah you're like shit
0: it goes to family heirlooms yeah yeah Yeah. none of that shit's fun but when you have that casual drive across country and you can stop here and there and not try to make any time frames. Yeah, anything, there's, yeah. there's so
1: many great places in America. I try yeah. to go up to Montana every couple of years in August. It's heavenly up there. Okay. And um, man, there's just so many cool places. Cody, Wyoming. Really enjoyed Cody. Wyoming I've
0: been to a couple of times. I used to go backpacking with my, like, I have a crazy Vietnam vet uncle and stuff. I'm like... But it's, like, the Grand Tetons, which is just outside of, like, Jackson Hole, which is another cool yeah, fucking it's city. it's right south of Yellowstone. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, there was, like, a really cool, like, record store there and stuff. And, like, there's a bunch of cool, like, weird Wyoming punk bands and stuff, kind of like ramones Asking, And I just remember, like, I was like, this is where they're from. This is cool. I was, like, 17 at the time. So, then yeah, <laughs> And, like, then going up in the mountains and you just see, like, just, like, just fucking nature. And it just also, too didn't really believe in altitude sickness until I got it. And I was like, oh, that's a real thing. I'm like, nah, fucking heights and it make me sick. And I was like, I had fucking terrible bad altitude sickness. I got half my face was like sunburnt off just because of the way the sun was moving as I was climbing up the mountain and shit. It was a real tough life lesson is like the, <laughs> the world to fuck you up, man. But beautiful countryside and stuff. But there again, too, there's that thing where there's like, there are some kind of strange people. We pulled up to this like little strip mall motel and they had a pool table. Now this is a couple years later when I was doing the cross-country drive you know, tuning from Wisconsin. And I was 21. I go in this little bar at the motel and this fucking giant dude, he's like six, seven, just shakes my hand. He's like, my name is Chet. We can shake hands or we can fight. I'm like, oh, I'll take the first one. <laughs> my brother's like, how do you know what he says first? I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but like, but he, he pulled up to the fucking bar in like summertime with a snowplow on his mail Jeep, you know, just like a, just that type of person and stuff. And you're just like, Chet. you kind of got to watch you, know, how you tread with like the it's real like townies like farm. that. Yeah. yeah, it is like funny yeah. farm, yeah. <laughs> but northern like you know wisconsin and the up has that kind of like same beautiful countryside but there's just kind of some odd people on if they're trying to like evade justice for some crimes or whatever or what the fuck's going on but they're just like uh, you know they got the six shooter the other thing too man we pulled up and there's a little pizzeria and the guy rode up on a horse with a six shooter on his hip like an actual real fucking mm. cowboy probably got some of his clothes when you're driving through that stuff like <laughs> i got his hat yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, I like I like Vancouver. I like Portland. I yeah, like yeah. uh Yeah. I did like you go to West. Hendrix's
0: grave at, in a I've been scene. there a couple yeah. times.
1: I went there years ago when it was still on the flat area. What did are they change it to now? I and I got them. a um a grave rubbing. Oh yeah. That I've framed. Nice. It's hung in every apartment I've ever lived in. I feel like you're the kind of guy that also probably go to Jim Morrison's grave. I've been there. Oh my I'm
0: god. god. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Morrison's grave yeah. <laughs>
1: countless times. Um but the Hendrix grave is in Renton, Washington, yeah. and they moved it to a different part of the cemetery, and they built a the mausoleum okay. for the Hendrix family. Huh. So that that stone that used to be flat on the ground, yeah. the headstone, is now like when did they move that? Because like I twenty years ago or something.
0: No shit. Yeah. Because
1: okay. I went like I think it was like ten years ago. I went. I know it was a mausoleum now. Yeah. But the first time I went, I brought some big. Sketch paper and some. I was also amazed at how many forts they
0: have up and like, in that kind of like indigenous stories they have up in like Seattle. I didn't really know there's like the conquering and like the, you know, just, it's almost like uh kind of the East coast and like the, you know, colonies and stuff, but on the Pacific Northwest. I didn't know that kind of history. Cause we don't really l- learn about people coming over here from the East and then migrating, but I know they're flanking us from the West as well.
1: Yeah, and then all the Spanish missions. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was talking day's about. Days walk. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Oregon's pretty funny. Everything's named after this guy, John Day. Huh. Like, there's the John Day fossil beds. There's John Day this. John Day. So he was one of these early pioneer guys. But, and I guess like the first fort was where Astoria, Oregon, is now. Yeah. The Goonies is set, right? Yeah, great film. Yeah, and a great little town. I love Astoria. Yeah.
2: Did you ever go to that uh, Noah's Ark in, uh, what is it, North Carolina or like
1: oh, no. Kentucky? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I've heard of that place. Yeah. Um, That's like so that a nice th- This John Day yeah. guy, uh, the, at one point he was tricked by the native people who lived there, and or they were pissed off at him and they took his clothes and he walked like, you know, hundred and fifty miles naked back right. to the fort. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Some really uh yeah. interesting history. Huh. Let's go check out John Day in Oregon. Yeah, I guess, you know, people had so much respect for him <laughs> p- protecting yeah. his his so, feet and his ball sack. So like, let's let's name his... everything yeah, after yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Guy. this guy. It's a poor guy all this shit yeah. but in uh montana there's a hooray for america museum and polson forget the name of it america the great something like that huh pretty interesting this guy's got all this military yeah okay equipment and so vehicles that, yeah, it's, it's interesting but he's like waiting for the
0: second something goes south he's like all right activate everything you know fucking Fuel it up. <laughs> the ultimate yeah. prepper. Yeah, for real. Yeah. It's under of the guise of being a museum. Yeah. Got like the everything's got treads on it and stuff.
2: We had a museum in uh Milwaukee. We had uh, sketches of Jeffrey Dahmer from when he was a kid in school. It's skulls and shit that he drew and they had it all displayed in this uh that
0: wasn't that was an antique shop, man.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, is the same thing, Antiques yeah. Museum. I'll tell you what's cool
1: yeah. in Milwaukee is the Art Museum. Even though the art museum, the art in there is good, but the art museum itself yeah. was done by this Spanish architect, Calatrava. You do about the wing thing? Yeah, so yeah, he does all these like kind of winged bridges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh 20, 30 years ago they B- invented some kind of new bendable steel mm-hmm. yeah. kind of changed architecture yeah and then this guy um, I remember when they built that it was a big deal yeah it, it a, is a yeah, big deal yeah. there's a calatrava there Yeah. the the 911 memorial in new york city the the subway entrance there That's at, a calatrava at, at ground zero is a calatrava uh-huh it's funny because that so can be proud milwaukee i know we should be proud <laughs> you got a calatrava it's lost
0: on us two knuckleheads because we're yeah, too we're like, young to what appreciate yeah, that cheese and we're, beer yeah. is it the brewers tell yeah. me the brewers i don't care for our new stadium are you guys brewers fans i, like, I am I, I i uh grew up
2: going to the games when i was a kid with my dad that was a thing okay. but it was county stadium yeah the
0: county, I like I like stadium. county stadium we're both I'm County f- Stadium fans. that's that's like that's the shit not what they have now not, but they have now is like a Mall of America. I like went
1: that. to, uh, I always, I've been to many games at Wrigley Field. I'm a big baseball fan. I mean, and you know, even if you're not a Cubs fan, you got to appreciate Wrigley Field. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a work of art. Yeah. It's like the Netherlands. yes yeah. wow, it's so old. Yeah. It's so charming. It's the so, ivy everywhere. It's so yeah. beautifully designed. Yeah. So, um, and I've sat in like so many different vantage points in Wrigley Field through the years. I mean, I prefer the bleachers, but this particular yeah. time, about ten years ago, the Cubs were playing the Brewers, and I sat on the upper deck um, by gnome Plate. Amazing view. Yeah. Never had sat there before, and um, the Cubs won, and and there was the game was ending, and there was these um, two Brewer fan guys behind me, and I asked the dude if he would take a photo of me, and then he. Was, Took the photo and then handed me the phone back real quick. And then the way they darted off, I knew something was screwy. <laughs> and I looked at the phone. He had flipped the screen and <laughs> taken photos of himself. That's so hilarious. So I um, will never forgive the Brewers for that. It's the uh, organization's <laughs> yeah. fault. And Wrigley Field hasn't like changed,
2: oh. though. It's always been that like that, right? It's it, well, a few. well, I remember
1: when they put lights in there in the 80s. Would like, yeah, that so was a whole, big deal. They didn't like kind of tear down no, and build it. No, no, it's no, always no. then they, they, they built the modern uh press box for like yeah, yeah, little, little, little things it was it was kind of
0: they're like they're different. They bulldozed our so yeah. kind of yeah, we really before cool. it
1: had lights yeah. when there was only day games and there wasn't that big modern press box. It, yeah, that'd be interesting. I think it's interesting that John Dillinger, the Cubs, were his favorite team, yeah. And when he was public enemy number one, he was the first public enemy number one, yeah. who the term was invented for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He often went to Cubs games. Yeah, everybody wore black suits and black hats. Oh uh, yeah, there was no facial recognition technology back
2: right then. Yeah, there. yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. That's
1: fucking that's a cool. So I always yeah, Chicago's got a cool mystique with the mob, and they used
0: to always come up to. Uh, Wisconsin and like Milwaukee, so like Al Capone had some hangs in around our like neighborhood, like Brooklyn. Yeah,
1: I'm a big Dillinger uh, buff. Yeah, it so was at some place up in Wisconsin where he was hiding. Lake Geneva. No, it wasn't
0: Lake Geneva. You're talking about where the shootout is from yeah. Public Enemies, the Johnny Depp film, right? Or, when he plays dillinger i didn't see it but yeah the, so but they, it's in dillinger's little life bohemia he, is what it's that's called. it yeah so my yeah. grandfather was like worked for what they called the, it was the ccc's it was like under it was kids that were under 18 that worked for like the army they'd build they put up power lines he was a, a lineman and he his camp was right by a little Bohemia, so we used to go there all the time but they still have all the bullet holes that came through with the tommy guns the gas canners that they shot through and stuff and that place was kind of just like an old relic until that movie came out. Now you can't get a fucking reservation like, you know, weeks out. But this is like four hours north of Milwaukee. Yeah, but, it's
2: like middle of nowhere. But it's really. it's
0: if you happen to find yourself up there, you should go up there because it's on a beautiful lake and it's super nostalgic and they have some old like, you know, of era cars up front. But it takes you right back to that kind of like element because mm-hmm. the trees are still the same fucking trees. Nothing's really changed apart from like the staff there and stuff and like it's like, the same <laughs> footprint of the building. But. Yeah, there's a lot of, and then also too, you're like these guys were driving up, on the run from the law, from Chicago, and it takes you four hours in a modern car. They're driving these like V8 Fords in the fucking darkness with those like shitty antique headlights. You know what I mean? Like just the deer that like run out there and stuff. It's just like that. Man, I would be bald and like my fucking. I would like be like just have a heart attack in no time back then with the amount of stress levels you're going through. <laughs> but
1: yeah, but they, you know, I mean, like, and they're you know. They're wearing flashy suits. Yeah, they're in the woods in Wisconsin. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Of course, someone's gonna tip them yeah. off. And then <laughs> exactly. there was there was another time where <laughs> he, a got, great where he <laughs> <Yeah>. got busted. <laughs> yeah, in, I think those he guys He was are almost from to Mexico. Here, uh, another time, <sighs> and he got he got busted in Tucson. Him and his crew. Yeah. And it's it's during the depression. Everybody's wearing overalls and no shoes. (laughs) They don't have buttons on their shirts and shit. (laughs) These these guys are wearing flashy pinstripe suits from Chicago. Solid goal Oh, Boy, there's nothing fishy there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Back to the vintage ballparks, though. So, Dodger Stadium is probably my current favorite ballpark that's around because it looks a lot like it's a thing built in 62 and ours. The old county stadium was built in like the 50s, but is I think it's the same architect, so it's you know open air stadium and stuff, and it just it looks from that vantage point from behind home plate, it looks like it's the same ballpark that we had as a kid, except for where there's palm trees here. We had a slide where Bernie Brewer would go down every time there's a home run and shit for like the home team and stuff.
1: Would Bernie Brewer flip the screen if I asked him to take a photo of me? No, he'd be in the picture. Never. With you. He's got super no. long eyes. You uh, can't beat be, yeah. uh, Dodger Stadium. The sun goes down. Ah, it's beautiful. you got the palm trees and the mountains, and the, the, this right as the sun goes down. Yeah, the game starts. Yeah, it's uh, you can't beat that effect. Yeah, it's day a cool game stadium. at Dodger Stadium
0: though is terrible. It's like I just. That's the hottest thing you'll ever experience. Like, there's not a... You got to be in one of those little, you know, bougie boxes and stuff. I do say this much, though, as far as Dodger Stadium. They, they went a little little LA, little Hollywood with all the LED screens and flashy lights and stuff because... County Stadium didn't have that kind of stuff. We had, like, those yellow, you know, bug lights, and it just smelled like stale f- beer and fucking cigarettes. County so
2: Stadium funny. was a shit. It was literally, like, a factory that happened to have a yeah. baseball field in it. It was fucking yeah. awesome. Like, Bob Euchre still is our broadcaster there. You'd see him. You know Bob Euchre still, the, hey, yeah. he must be in the
1: front row. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Get up, get up. And and he would be walking around. Sure, you'd see him, outside. like, when we go when I was a kid. Like, you'd be able to see him. Yeah. And he'd just be walking around. Like, yeah, hey, I'm just grabbing a beer and going to go, you know, do the game. It was just such a cool, like, sh- it was shitty, but it was, like, cool. though. Know? They shot Major it League, had, the movie, at our,
0: at our stadium and stuff. That's why, like, they got Bob Euchre on there. Yeah. But they just, for whatever reason, had the be the Indians. I don't think I got a better deal with them or something like that. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, that's, I forgot about
0: that. Yeah, man. Good old. It's an additional reason why those movies are so great. Well, we still got time to go see a Dodgers game before the end of the season. But Plenty of they, tickets yeah. now, I guess. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. I'd like it. I uh, baseball is my favorite sport, and I like soccer. Uh, always, the year after the World Cup, baseball kind of suffers for me. Yeah, because um, I was I get so into the World Cup. But now would be a good time for me to go see a game. Okay. World Cup's going to be here next year, right? Four years. Four years. Yeah. Okay. That recently, I was lied it's, to well, by my uh, British three years now. My
2: British coworker was like, "It's going to be crazy next year. World Cup's here." I'm like, "Okay,
1: yeah, it's I don't in, follow soccer." Um, 22
0: to 2026, 20, Yeah. Well, um, we are running out of time on the, the podcast. <laughs> so, but we have time to get a, a Dodgers game in before
1: the end of the season. But... I would like it. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, the the Yankees are in last place. Like, the one year I'm not paying attention. <laughs> That's probably why they're in last place. Everything yeah. I wanted to have. I, you know, yeah. like, they're like Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> they need you to, like, fucking clap or whatever the hell
0: he to get their fucking spirits up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Let's do it though. Okay. So Tom, I know you got a new uh, special out right now, right? No. What?
1: <laughs> no? <laughs> no. Didn't you, no. Did you a new album come out or something this year? Uh, no. It's been a couple years. Oh, yeah. I put out a. Um. Uh. I've been putting out clean albums. Okay. I put out a, a clean album. Okay. But this year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm not a complete moron. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edit
1: that out, Mark. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and you have a, yeah. a podcast too. You do, right? Uh, yeah. Tom Road Smart Camp. Um, I put it out sporadically to Try to uh, You got like 300 and some episodes Yeah 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 That's yeah. pretty damn God,
2: I was like I saw we'll that I was like alright 19, like, all right, 19 <laughs> here we go yeah. <laughs> Fucking Tom's gonna just fucking Eat us alive yeah. on this thing God this is like what <clears throat> <this>
1: fucking... <laughs> yeah. I took a break last year So I just started getting uh, Putting out episodes again When did you time. start
2: that podcast?
1: 2009 Okay so you got well, a couple got years time. on mass.
2: All right yeah. I don't feel as bad then. Yeah. 14 okay. years. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Catch
0: up to you.
1: Watch out. We're coming for
0: you, Tom. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. You can have it.
1: Uh, cool. Podcast, man. It's, you yeah. know, it's difficult. To come up with um, clever content week after week. Anyway, you know what? We're just trying to have a cool conversation with a
0: guy that we like to hang out with. So oh, like <laughs> Well, then I guess it's not yeah, so man, hard that so. way. It takes the pressure off, so we'll easily move up to that 365 or whatever you have.
2: I feel like we're like the chris farley a uh, bit on snl when he's like interviewing paul mccartney yeah. like yeah it's really, like that time <laughs> when you died? said you're dead yeah. you were really dead were you yeah. <laughs> it's just like fucking idiots
0: on the couch just like happen to
2: talk to interesting people so yeah. it's but, good
0: format it's good thanks. Yeah. Well, well thanks for coming on the podcast yeah, this is thank the, you tony the i love you
1: respect you it's great to uh you know gab it up with you man it's always good spending time with you yeah man
0: i feel the exact same way that's why i'm super happy and humbled that you would come onto our podcast and deal with my other half eric here (laughs) trying to ditch this guy for 25 years but we ended up moving out to california together yeah um
1: where can people find you at Uh, underscore tom rhodes on instagram um that's it. youtube channel Website, you yeah, have a YouTube channel, King yeah. of Haha, ha, but you okay. can just search Tom Rhodes. Okay, and uh, yeah, and I've, I've been putting my podcast out on video, so okay, um, so yeah, YouTube is all right, the place to find me.
0: Well, look him up, Tom Rhodes, and Instagram, yeah, Instagram more importantly, on the gram. Uh, you can find me at Tony Klein Comedian on Instagram and my website, Tony Um, Eric, uh, you
2: can find me at Eric Rustler uh for instagram and you can find this podcast on the eric and tony show on youtube the eric and tony show on spotify and every day put up little 60 second clips of every podcast we do so you can check it out if you just want to see a little bit of it uh also go to the eric and tony show.com to buy a t-shirt hat coffee mug beer mug something like that help support the show and thanks again tom Rhodes, for being on the show Rhodes, yeah yeah really appreciate it man thank you bro
0: thanks man cool